0: Thanks for tuning in to your Day Off Podcast. Hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, You're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair District. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your Day Off Podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. of course I'm sitting with my best friend Tony what's up Tony what's happening brother nothing dude uh like sooner 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 than later we were gonna um well we we have Presley Poe and friends again this year I can't uh I can't wait right around the corner
1: brother right around the corner man
0: it's 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 super super exciting and like I don't even mean that in the weird like hairdresser we're super excited to be here it's it's pretty exciting
1: dude just uh the- just everybody that's going to be there, you know, whether, you know, you're an influencer or you're not an influencer, it's, it's super intimate. Uh, the mingling, it's just, it, I mean, it's a dope event, dude.
0: It, it really is, you know, and, and we get caught up in so much of the details. Sometimes we kind of forget to even think about the show. You know, we're thinking about such like micro, uh, micro kind of things in the show Um, that we kind of like, anyways, I'm taking the moment right this second as we're talking and just kind of like just thinking about the whole show coming together and how cool it is, how this is our third year doing it, how it's grown bigger, faster and everything than we could ever, 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 ever imagine. Um, we've, uh, we've got confirmation of not just the influence that are going to be on stage, but we have a couple like, I hate the, I'm trying to change the word of influence. I'm trying to use Gordon's The Gordon calls them people of influence. So uh, we'll also have people of influence or influence in the audience. So I'm pretty excited about, about seeing uh, some of our friends there. And, and I, I think people that come to the event are going to be um, pretty excited about, uh, about who, who will be there.
1: Yeah. My, my, that's one of my favorite parts is that, you know, during before, during and after the show, I mean, you have opportunity to to just hang out and have conversation with everybody there. Nobody's hiding, nobody's running backstage. Everybody's there to uh, to enjoy the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. To hang out and 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 if you're listening in, what Tony means by that is like our artists are just going to come hang out. You know, it's not we're not going to go hide them in the backstage. You yeah. Know? they'll be they'll be right there with you so um in, in the front stage if there's a backstage there must be a front stage right so they're literally <laughs> gonna hang out in the front stage or you're gonna be hanging out in the, i don't know i don't know one of one the other right <laughs> the i'm stage.
1: confused now
0: yeah yeah me too so my <laughs> so our, our today our guest is is zach goldberg and actually interesting enough we met zach through one of our sponsors um for the show um he works with ergo styling tools and that's that's kind of how we met zach but um one zach's been amazing to work with um Uh, through this event and and even prior to this event um i think we met last year actually but um i was chatting with him and he has he has a pretty interesting story so i kind of wanted to uh to to get into to what his story is and 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 how he lives in our in in our industry what do you think Tom? and
1: and if zach's anything like ergo the 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 company uh he's going to be amazing because i can't speak highly enough of Er or i mean one it's you know my favorite brushes but to just the people from Ergo represent the company the way the company uh, is, and, and it's just a stellar company,
0: it, it and, sure yeah. is. Um, actually, one of <laughs> go back a little bit our friend Sarah Mack is who introduced us to to Ergo I don't even know she's with Ergo anymore but she introduced us to the Ergo company and she introduced us to to Robert Reed and Robert was just such a great guy and so 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 gracious and uh, we did a podcast with him I guess it's been a couple years and I can't even remember anymore yeah we did a podcast with him a couple years ago and like he's always been even to this day you know he's still available to us if we have any questions or if they're going to be at events or something so anyways uh, Zach comes down that funnel so uh should we get in yeah dude mr zach goldberg welcome to your day off
2: hey how's it going guys thanks for having me so much uh i'm super excited to be here thank you guys for all your kind words i what an entry honestly Uh, so at this point like you guys know enough about me i'm a great person so we could probably cut it off (laughs) (laughs) but thanks so much you know i appreciate you guys' kind words towards ergo and you're absolutely right everyone that works for ergo is really we really are ergo it's um you know, we call ourselves the Ergo family and that's really what we are is we're family and Sarah Mack was such a delight. She doesn't work for Ergo anymore, but she um, has been such a delight to work with in the past and such a great hairdresser herself as well. I'm um, very, very unique woman. So pleasure to have gotten to know her actually in my entry with Ergo. So uh, that, that's actually, really awesome. You
0: know, you call it the Ergo family, but you literally have family members that work for Ergo, right?
2: <laughs> yes, actually, um, I do share blood with, with our chief of marketing, Brock Goldberg. We have the same last name and everything. He's my second cousin, actually. Um, Robert, our, our CEO, we call him Uncle Rob. So don't, we don't share blood, but he's my uncle for sure. <laughs> and awesome. then, uh, yeah, our, our community manager is actually uh, Brock's brother-in-law as well.
0: Oh, so. dude, you guys are like, you're in the same house. You, you guys spent Thanksgiving together. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we we definitely have, for sure. <laughs> I've uh, spent so, quite, quite some time with Brock Goldberg, for sure. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, I once again, Zach, just thank you for everything that you've done for us. Um, as far as like the show goes, as far as like sending us the the newest and freshest brushes, so we we can use them as well. And like like Tony said, it's by far my favorite kind of uh, brush that I use. It's it, not it, it's the only brushes that I use, honestly. But but I, I, people know that stuff. Zach, where are you from?
2: <laughs> I'm from Bakersfield, California. So um, you know, just a little north of Los Angeles for those that aren't familiar with it. Um. Nice little country town. Real casual, real calm. I enjoy it here. Did you guys get like the snows and stuff? So we got like, you know, some pretty major hail the other day, but we didn't really get any snow. It hasn't snowed here since I was like, I don't know, like seven years old, maybe or or so over 20 years for sure. Um, I was actually in Fontana for a NASCAR weekend uh, this past weekend when it was like snowing everywhere. And it was like a full blizzard. And we went to the Starbucks and the girl was like, no, it hasn't snowed here in like 10 years. And I was like, oh, well, look at that. So, but it was, it was pretty cool. I'm not exactly a one familiar with the snow. That's for sure. I think it would maybe like the third time I'd ever been in falling snow in my entire life, actually. What?
1: It has snowed here and we're on the East Coast and normally it does snow every year, but we haven't gotten any this year. Did we get any last year, Tony? I think we had one small storm. That was it. Yeah, so it's been a couple of years. Yeah, oh, wow. So, Zach, how did you find the industry? How did you end up here?
2: You know, I'd like to say, like, the industry kind of found me in a way. But, um, you know, right time, right place, I guess. Um, well, they tried to get, Ergo actually tried to snatch me up when I was, like, 20 years old. Um, but I was working for Starbucks at the time. And uh, I was on my way to be a manager there. I just moved to San Diego. Um, I just reconnected with Brock, actually. And he was um, one of our top educators here. Um, kind of doing a much different role than he does today in the company. Um, What was that? Eight years ago now. So um, he tried to get me to come to ISSE. And I was like, you know what? That's a little far-fetched for me. I don't know what I'm trying to do. I've got like a a good job. I'm stable. So um, that was when I, uh, you know, was the first person to ever reject Robert Reed. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I'm I'm, I'm good right now. And um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Robert later on at at Brock's uh, wedding reception, I believe, actually. And so, Um, I actually, in 2018, quit my job. I was working at a bank and I was like, you know what, I just sit underneath these fluorescent lights and this cubicle is the most mind-nubbing thing in the entire world. I'm way too creative for this. It was nice being like, you know, professionally dressed, have my own extension, you know, Uh, but it just wasn't for me. So I was like, if I don't get the hell out of this job right now, I'm going to be here forever. So I just packed up my desk one Friday and left and I went and got pizza actually and I was like I'm done with this and then of course I needed a job so I called up Brock and I was like hey you got to cut my hair I'm looking for a job so what should have been you know 45 minute haircut turned into like a three-hour lecture from Brock saying what did you do quitting your job without having to back up all that kind of stuff and I was like you know what you got to take risks once in a while and um, ISSC was actually coming up, this was in November, so ISSC was coming up in um, January. So um, if for those that aren't familiar, the International Salon and Spa Expo, um, biggest hair show on the West Coast. Um, unfortunately, not around anymore. It's turned into premiere, but at the time, a really, really wonderful show. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Um, I'll go check it out with you guys. Like, I don't have anything. I don't really have an excuse to say no at this point. So <laughs> I went to ISSC with them, and that was in 2019. And man, it just seemed like every hairdresser was living their best life. Everyone just seemed like rock stars and like everyone was so happy to be there. And there was so much passion in the room. And uh, you know, it just it felt like people really wanted to be where they were at. And I was like, wow, I'm not familiar with this. Uh everyone hated their lives at Starbucks and the bank. (laughs) Everyone was just having a job. And I was like, this actually sounds like a career. Like people were really, really enjoying this. So I did the show with them. Uh, I fell in love with the team at the time. It was a completely different team that we have now, but I fell in love with the team. Uh, Robert Reed and myself uh, have a just, that was a full love quarrel that we had and we just became best friends. And Robert said, we'd love to work with you, but you need to go get your license to do hair. And I was like, uh, you know what? Fair enough. You know, we're working with brushes. No, slow
0: down, slow down, slow down, Zach. So uh, Please, so I'm sorry. I'll just keep no, going. no, 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 it's cool. So it's it's a requirement to work at Ergo that, that, that you're a hairstylist?
2: It's not, but what they envisioned for me was uh, to be an educator, to be part of that. They, um, you know, people say I have a silver tongue. I, I can talk well, you know, I can hold a conversation. <laughs> I also really enjoy uh, sharing what I know with people and uh, immediately picking up the brushes and they taught me everything about them. I was like, I can understand why these brushes really do make the difference. Not even knowing hair, they just felt good. They worked nice. Like I saw what, how excited people were around them. Like people that liked Ergo weren't just like, oh, I need a brush like Ergo will do. It was like, oh no, we're here on a hunt for Ergo. We only see at the trade shows. I'm coming in and getting a full collection. We're stocking at the salon. These people seem mad over the brushes. So, you know, I'm good at selling stuff but they really did sell themselves. You put a, an Ergo brush in someone's hand and what we say is uh, to hold Ergo is to love Ergo. As soon as you feel that grip, that balance, the weight of our brush, the extended barrel, you're literally like, okay, these are these are great. So. I immediately was able to, you know, translate that with people and, you know, sell these brushes well and, you know, really teach people why they made a difference to hairstylists that were like in the industry their entire career. And I was like, oh, this is my first day ever being here. So (laughs) (laughs) so it it was really nice. And I think they saw that in me as well. And um, so Robert was like, if you want to do this, then, you know, um," they weren't going to bring me into the marketing side of things at first. They were going to bring me into trade shows, education, things like that. Um, Of course, you know, 2020 hit, changed the world a little bit, but we'll get there. (laughs) But so I actually enrolled in hair school and I was going to go to a local hair school here in Bakersfield, California. Um, Nothing too exhilarating, but I was like, hey, it's going to get the job done. Once again, what else am I doing in my life right now? I'm just driving for Uber and Lyft and working with Ergo now. And they took me to Chicago, ABS, uh, America's Beauty Show in Chicago, um, just in April. So like three months later, and some lady walked up to me and we were just chatting and I told her I was going to start in school in two weeks. And she basically called me like a nincompoop for like wanting to go to school. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is what, how do I, am I supposed to cut hair legally? Like what's going on here? And then she told me all about an apprenticeship program. I was like, okay. I thought this was just for like welders and handymen and things like that. Like, I didn't know. You had no
0: idea that there was an apprenticeship program in the industry.
2: Uh, No, I mean, I didn't know much about the industry at all. I just knew like, I was like, okay, I'm going to hair school. That's all I ever knew people did was go to, you know, do your 13 months in cosmetology school and get out and um, have a debt and no idea where you want to work and what's going on. I was like, hey, I'm willing to go for the ride.
0: And she she was from like Bakersfield or she was from California?
2: She was from North Hollywood. Um, so I, uh, which felt very grand at the time. I'm like, what? I'm from Bakersfield. You're from Los Angeles. We're both in Chicago. And she's explaining this all to me at the, at the current moment. Weirdly enough, she's like, hey, my apprentice is pretty much done with the program. Come shadow her and be my apprentice after that. I was kind of like, again, feeling very, very grand about things like this is, you want me to drive two hours south of my home to come check out your salon in North Hollywood and like do all of that. So I was kind of like, screw it. When do you want me to come check it out? And weirdly enough, she picked the same exact date that I was supposed to start hair school. It was April 17th. And so I had this decision to kind of make, like, do I want to go see her? Or go to hair school. And if I miss the first day of hair school, I'm dropped. There's no, there's no going back after that. And I already agreed to this date with her. So if I did that, if I said no to that, I felt like I was dropped there too. So I was really at that crossroads in my life where it was like, hey, you're gonna pick one of these and you're never gonna look back. Did so, you already apply for your loans and everything for school? I had already I had already been fully set up. So I was I literally was gonna start school in 16 days from when I met her and I met her on April 1st as well. So I thought it was one big gag as well. I was like, I'm not like, is there some type of like, are you pulling strings right now? Like what's going on? Cause again, I didn't know anything about an apprenticeship program. I didn't know people could do that. Or I thought an apprenticeship program was post hair school, um, like an assistant program, you know, got your license. Now you go work in the salon. So I went and checked it out. And uh, yeah, it was it was very, very, very cool. Um, I was able to just to kind of start hands-on with them, like, right away. You know, I wasn't, like, doing anything that, like, I needed a license for. But I was back there, like, mixing color with them, try, starting to understand everything, like, right away. And the amount of, the, the sheer volume of clients she had, I was like, whoa, like, you're really making some coin out here, too. Like, you make money. This is crazy to me. Because, again, I was under the impression, you know, once you're done with hair school, like, you either got to find someone you can work under for pennies on the dollar and they might not even be that busy or you know might not have enough time for you because finding a busy hairstylist is oh, in my town a little more difficult for sure. So getting there, I was like, man, you see a lot of clients. You see some high-end clients as well because we are in North Hollywood. So some names came in. I was like, okay. Like the little Bakersfield boy was like, uh, stay calm, stay calm. Right. Like, <laughs> don't hang right now. You got to stay professional. Like I'm not used to meeting anyone that has any type of following or background or is on TV really in general at all. Um, so I was like, hold the phone. We're gonna just act as casual as we possibly can. And, you know, I really enjoyed her as well and um, her team and her salon. So I was like, let's make this work. So I applied for my my apprenticeship license and I started all that. And I think just uh, a few months later, I think like July, I was uh, working with her as her full-time uh, apprentice and assistant there. And just bumping out clients, having a really great time. I was actually living with Brock at the time, uh, Wednesday through Saturdays, when I worked with her. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I was driving from Santa Clarita to North Hollywood. And then um, when I'd get done on Saturday, I would drive straight back to Bakersfield. Sunday morning, I worked at a vegan restaurant because I'm also fully vegan. For those of you guys that don't know, no one on this podcast probably knows me at this point, but (laughs) you two that don't know, Uh, I'm fully vegan. I've been fully vegan for five years. I've been fully vegetarian for six. So um, that's been honestly one of my most proud things in my entire life is that I was able to do that every single day of my life for the last six years, because other than breathe and drink water, I think uh, I haven't done anything else consistently like that for six years of my life. (laughs) Um, But I was working at at a vegan restaurant here in town. So I'd come back Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'd work the, the brunch shift Monday. I would drive all the way to San Pedro and do my apprenticeship class every Monday. And then I'd come back to Bakersfield Tuesday. I'd work at the, the restaurant Wednesday. I'd get up and drive straight into the salon. So for about eight months, I was working nonstop seven days a week. Okay. Um, I, have a, I, have a, I have a
0: few questions before we uh, move on. So, so. And I, and I don't know this for fact, so correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, California requires t- two thousand school hours.
2: Um, I think at the time it was sixteen hundred. Okay.
0: Yeah, 1,600.
2: I had to do like somewhat of like th- uh, three thousand or something like that inside the salon because the apprenticeship program um went on longer than the actual like schooling did. School. And then like the, like you had to take apprenticeship classes. So there's um an apprenticeship program the one I did was uh LACCAC I think something like that um I'm forgetting the name I guess it's been a while now um but yeah I went down to San Pedro every other um three Mondays a month basically and we did a class so we'd go over like the book basically going over all the the practical and um work on the mannequin heads teaching us all that kind of stuff we'd have guest speakers come in some of the other mentors of some of the kids that were in there and we did that yeah a lot of like sanitation
0: and stuff on the sorry tone
2: yeah pretty much all that school stuff that you would learn
1: so did did robert said you know what i'm gonna hold this job for you It, it as soon as you have your license it's yours because i mean this is a long process right so uh it doesn't seem like you're with ergo right now so is it
2: just a a commitment or so with ergo um at the time i was only really working trade shows um so we didn't really have um like I wasn't working in the office or anything like that so I started kind of you know learning the education through some of our educators I was going to like uh, premiere in Orlando ABS um ISSE things like that some smaller trade shows that we did um more local things and I would go and um basically mentored on our education go to our classes I'd help film them things like that and so I'd just be kind of like in the mix of all of it and then um, you were busy yeah, I definitely was, when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, like you were, you really did that. Sometimes I'm like, damn Zach, you're so busy right now. And then I look back and I'm like, you were working seven days a week in three different cities basically uh, for some time. And the stretch between Bakersfield to Santa Clarita, um, San Pedro, North Hollywood, all that, we have to go over the grapevine. I don't know. Are you guys familiar with, with the grapevine? No, no, not at all. It's just basically this big mountainous range that separates the valley from the other valley so basically la county and then Kern county where i'm from uh it's separated by just a big mountain range so it's probably about like a 30 45 minute drive through the mountains that i have to go up and over so sometimes i can't even get to ergo like when it's snowing like i had to cancel my office visit just last week because the grapevine shut down so i literally had to drive over some mountains (laughs) four times a week just to get back and forth and and do all this so Um, it's really close like Santa Clarita like ergo from me is only like an hour and 10 minutes Um, but that hour and 10 minutes is kind of a a little bit of a wild ride I'll say it's not like you're like oh hey like North Hollywood to Santa Clarita would be like 20 minutes on a good day but coming home on a Friday it would take me like an hour and a half so like two different hour and a half like one I'm like actually cruising the whole time and it takes me an hour and a half the other one's like I'm stopping and going and stopping and going and probably wanting to like hop out of my car and Whoop someone in traffic right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> Zach jack and people in traffic
2: absolutely i mean la traffic that's one of the things is like why i'm happy back in bakersfield is i'm used to a town with big open roads and not a lot of traffic and as soon as you get over the mountain i'm like where are all you people coming from like you, you, you all want to live here right now what's going on so i'm more of like a los angeles visitor than i am like my time living there for about two years was not my favorite not, no, <laughs> no yeah, people no. always like i want to live in los angeles i want to go there I'm like that sounds all good and dandy but th- it's just chaotic i, I get it I'm that's, that's
0: my sorry. relationship with new york you know b- people want to go like i want to live in new york I, i'm like yeah i'm like 48 hours and i'm done you know <laughs> yeah like ready to ready <laughs> place to visit <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly a
2: five mile drive takes 30 minutes or more i'm like this is absolutely insane i can get straight across town in, in like 10 minutes here or less right
0: so
2: i enjoy it also right. have friends and family are here i work from home currently um i have a studio here so um you know everything is is really really good there
0: so um, once you so you you just kind of mentioned it so once you got i'm kind of wondering like what your relationship with was but since you were already working for ergo and and also you know going through an apprenticeship program it's like it, it would have been pretty cool. I'd have been pretty intimidated if I had somebody like in hair school with me that already had a job in the industry, like 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 a like a manufacturing job.
2: I, you know, I try to stay very casual and humble about it because I still was just learning like everyone else. I didn't want to walk in there like some hot shot puffing my chest. I'm like, yeah, I've already got a job. I'm not a <laughs> and, uh, I know how to blow my hair. And I will say my apprenticeship program even had me come in and teach a class. So that was one of those moments, like, they would always announce it, like, that I was with Ergo, and I'd be in the back, like, can you guys just oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, leave me out of it right now? And I, I was always very kind to everyone, and everyone was very kind to me, and we were all just there learning, but, uh, yeah, they had me come in and and teach a class, and that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, man, like, I guess I, <laughs> I am doing something a little different than uh, most might be expecting, and I had a really good mentor at the time too. And there was one other kid, um, not even kid, we were all grown. I wasn't a kid. Right. <laughs> but he was working for You're a really still a
0: kid, kid. now, Zach. I yeah. you
2: know, I was just thinking this morning before I got on this this podcast with you guys. How old Tony and I are? no definitely not I was just kind of thinking about how grown I am but I'm not grown I was looking at I was looking at all my stuff on the shelf like I was telling you guys hey this is all just stuff that makes me mean I'm like you just have a bunch of knickknacks and things I'm looking around my room I'm like ah this feels borderline childish but I'm like the only thing that makes you an adult is paying your bills and taking care of yourself right like and, oh, I guess having a kid maybe, but I don't have any expectations for that. So <laughs> kids are not on my my future there. But I was like, you know, as long as my bills are paid, I have a roof over my head. I'm taking care of the ones I love. I'll act as childish as I want for the rest of my life. And I'll be a kid. That's fun. Problem. You're hundred percent. And that goes back to, you know, what the hair industry has to offer is freedom. Like I oh. felt like I was becoming this stick in the mud person when I was working at the bank before this. And that wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't want to be that. I,
1: so going, going <laughs> through your apprenticeship program, were you falling in love with the industries? Like, you know, because so many times the industry does, they it does find us, you know, and then, you know, you're like, I'm amongst my people. For some reason, these are my people. This, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, or were you going through the apprenticeship program saying, I just need to get my license. I just need to get my license. I mean, what? as you were going through it, were you falling more in love with the industry or was it you focused on something like at the end of that apprenticeship license?
2: I mean, it was a mixture of both. I mean, as you guys know, I was doing a lot of effort going back and forth and back and forth. So there kind of was that like, okay, we just need to get to the end of this. But at the same time, I was in no rush. There was nothing to really rush it. I had my position with Ergo. I was doing all the things that, I would be doing with hair having my license I was already you know working behind the chair with my um, my mentor I was already traveling with ergo I was already doing all the things that were expected of me once I had my license because it wasn't like I went to hair school and then went and got my assistant uh, you know went and became an assistant right so for me I was already getting everything that I was almost guaranteed I just had to continue to hold up you know my end of the bargain and you know keep my nose down and, and, or keep my head down, keep my nose to the grindstone, whatever they say, Yeah, whatever, whatever, keep
0: keep your head on the grindstone. I think is where we ended up, Yeah. you know, it's interesting because there's so much talk in the industry, certainly on, on, on socials and stuff about, about almost like a, a negative, like to like hustle culture. And I, and I kind of understand that, but I also understand that you can't, you can't make big change in your life without the hustle. Right, like, like you can't sit back and and in, 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 in what change in your life. If you are sitting back, there is not change that's going to happen. You've got to go out there and grab grab the bull by its horns. You know, yeah. rather, <laughs> what are those called? What are those weird quips called? But, anyways, you know, like, like you have to go out there and hustle. Like, the one, the one that I do believe that on on some of the memes you see, the one that I do believe is that you can change your life in six months. But if you're waiting for it, it's not going to happen. I mean, you've got to go out there and and want to change your life. And if you really, really hustle for six months, you can change your life. And like Tony and I are, are, you know, prime examples of that, you know, like, we just had a podcast with Gordon Miller. And when we started our podcast, and we were talking to him, he goes, Who the hell are these guys? You know, like, that was literally his response, like when we first met him. And, And, and
1: now we're besties
0: Exactly. now we're best. Exactly. And to make it full circle. Yeah. Six months later, he, he certainly knew who we were and where we were headed.
2: I think it's one of those things I uh, struggle with because it always is this grind culture, grind, grind, grind. You have to, you know, be putting the work and you really do need to be putting the work, but you also have to learn when to step back, relax, and like kind of just give yourself grace, but also pat yourself on the back for, everything that you accomplish i think it's go 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 and you almost start forgetting stuff cuz you're just focused on what's next what's next and you know setting those goals and and getting after it and then saying okay i'm going to do this for 6 months and then say okay when i'm done with this uh, what am i going to look like in 6 months am i going to feel accomplished am i going to relax a little bit is this sustainable mm-hmm. and i think that's the problem with uh, the the grind or the hustle culture is that A lot of the time it doesn't feel sustainable or they want you to like completely give up your life. All these people preach about- Hold
0: on, Zach, hold on, Zach. Nobody wants you to do that.
2: No, I'm sorry but I'm talking about these yeah, people but like if you stop on the
0: treadmill then, yeah. then then you're making those choices I mean I do agree with you and I think the whole I, I think the I think the full conversation is what you just said and I think you you said it brilliantly was that was that yes we do have to do the hustle culture but we also have to take the time to recognize that that, that we've accomplished something because so many times we get on that treadmill and then um, and then we, we're not we're not taking the time and I'm a million percent guilty of this and Tony will tell you that it's that that to, to take the time to go like, wow, we've really accomplished something, you know, like it's hard to kind of see it from, from that perspective or to take the time to be like, okay, this is it. And I agree with that, but, but, but I think this, I think this, it, it's hard for me to, I don't use the word agree because I don't think it's an agree or disagree thing. um But, but it's hard for me to see that you can see that you can succeed at anything without putting in the work.
2: Oh yeah, everything needs the work put in 100%. And I, going back to when I say like they, it goes back to what you're talking about, like people of influence and the internet and like what it really is today. And even with hairstylists from hairstylists to, you know, athletes and people that just travel on the internet, do all these things that project, you should be doing what they're doing almost and holding everyone to these standards is kind of where people I think get lost in. And that's kind of what I mean by the, they is these people telling you these people of influence like you're saying are telling you this is how you need to do it and i think we miss those moments of stepping back and saying okay i did do it you know you even hear people that work out all the time still having you know body dysmorphia and saying well i'm not big enough i'm not this well like how far did you come (laughs) like how small were you then or what how what weight were you Where, where were you at like give yourself some grace for what you accomplished rather than saying i need to be here like well how far did i actually come in this time period
1: because what happens, mm-hmm. and if you don't give yourself grace, or or if you don't look at it like you know what this is, look what I've accomplished, or look how far I've come, you miss it, right? You don't think about it until it's you're at the end of it, and now you're looking back, and you know wishing that you had enjoyed that ride a little bit more because it it could be fast, you know what I mean? It's it's a uh, so yes, you know even though you're putting in the work and you're hustling enjoy the process, enjoy the ride. You know what I mean? Taste it, feel it, breathe it. And, uh, you know, the, the, just the, the, ride will be that much more enjoyable when you, whenever the end does
2: approach. 100%. And that time period, when I was saying I was working seven days a week, that ride, man, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, people thought I was crazy all the time. Like you're working, you're all over the place. You're traveling you're just doing the absolute most and yeah I was but yeah at that time period like I said earlier it just didn't feel like I really was doing that much it felt like I was doing what needed to be done for sure and I was very happy with it I enjoyed my time being an assistant I'm like this is the only time I'm gonna be this person's assistant be in the salon this is the only time I'm gonna be in school like this the rest is you know all on me to continue my education and doing these things and all these moments were the only moments I'll be doing that because it's all going to continue to change. And, and which it really has with Ergo, you know, with the way 2020 reacted with everything, it ended up, uh, you know, pushing me out of Los Angeles. And um, I'm sure it pushed a lot of people around. It was such a devastating time for our industry as well, but it gave me the ability to say, okay, well, what am I doing with myself, my life, and where I want to be with Ergo, and that's when I asked Ergo. I said I want to get back to you know my root of things too, and and go to marketing and you know work in the office with them. You know cultivate our culture of Ergo and what it does for our industry and transform our education that we were doing as well. And they brought me in, and now I've been in their office for two years. I've been with Ergo for four. And it's just been the most enjoyable time of my life. I feel like I have a career. I feel like I have a place. And I feel like I do something for our industry, providing tools that really do help your your body, help your finish and help someone feel confident behind the chair.
0: I think the one (laughs) word missing that you didn't say was purpose.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have 100% found purpose in my life. And, you know, I think I lacked saying that. I think people think purpose is like a singular thing. And that, like, my purpose is, okay, to be here with Ergo, to do this. But I have so many different purposes that I try to, you know, step back and realize. Whether it be family, friends, you know, myself, Ergo, wherever I I am, there's just so many different purposes as to why you're there. Whether I'm trying to better my family, break generational trauma. I saw your hat, actually. It says, stronger than my trauma. And I, I really, really enjoy that. You know, my family is not the most put together. So at the same time, I'm the baby that's trying to figure out my own life while also trying to help everyone else heal and build these foundations. I'm trying to learn how to be a better friend and uh, just a better person in general. I've never been a bad person, but it's always about how much more can I listen? How much more can I be there for people? And those are all things that carry over to the chair as well. When I'm working behind the chair, working with clients, when I'm in the the salons, working with uh, experienced, veteran hairstylists, and also people that are fresh out of school, you know, talking to them and just helping everyone just feel confident and feel like they have a purpose and sharing just my light and listening to them and being there for them. And, you know, being behind the chair, you're basically a therapist, as most people say. So learning how to work through my own things while helping others and just being there for people, I think that's my purpose. And when you show up for people and you show up for yourself, then things like my fortune of being with Ergo, having something set up right out of school, having something, you know, pick me up. It seems as though I always, it's in my head. No one's ever said this to me, but it's kind of one of those things like Brock is my cousin, but I didn't get any of this handed to me. I was given an opportunity and I showed up for it. I could have been, way different on those first days and never gotten offered the things I did. Um, I wasn't like, Oh, Hey, come with us to Chicago. It was okay. You need to go enroll in hair school to come to Chicago. And I showed up and did that a better opportunity was presented for me there. So it's just like the, when you're on that path, those doors open naturally for you and you kind of show up for them. It's, it's like the doors open, but you need to walk through. And I feel like I've, I've really learned how to show up for myself, show up for my people show up for the business the industry and however best i can i would say i'm still learning the industry for sure i mean i've only been here for four years and it's ever evolving and well, i just know, want to I, make sure i can give it to him
0: it, it's I think I think the word that you use and this probably end up being the title of the podcast, but is to show up because you're absolutely right. Like like Brock gave you an opportunity to meet people. He didn't give you an opportunity for a job. He didn't give you an opportunity to, you know, the, the, the only time that nepotism is gross. Is when is when someone doesn't deserve to be there. But if you put in the work, you show up and, and 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 you stand on your own feet and not somebody else's feet, then that's not nepotism. That's just taking advantage or showing up for for the opportunity, right? So yeah, yeah opportunity. You took advantage of it. That, that that's nothing to be looked down on at all. You know, again, the only time I ever I ever find it gross is when you know someone's being ugly or standing in someone else's shoes because they're in someone else's shoes. You know, I think it once again, I think it comes down to work ethic and it comes down to um to 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 showing up, you know, um for them and for yourself, you know. Bravo. I, I applaud you, man. That's really cool. Thank you.
2: You know, it's actually you guys maybe have seen it. It's the bio of my Instagram, but um, my mom always said it when I was younger and she still says today is closed mouths don't get fed. And you know, you have to ask for things. Um, nothing's just gonna get handed to you. You have to show up for those things and and make sure that you are getting fed. Make sure that you're feeding yourself, whether that be actual food or opportunity, whether it be love or just encouragement, desires, going after and feeding yourself whatever you're hungry for. Tony, what's your favorite crystal quote?
1: Yeah, we say it a million times. Uh, you know, if you don't ask, the, the answer is no, right? It's it's no from the beginning. So mm-hmm. You have nothing to lose. So when you go ask and if you get a no, it's already a no, Right but you might be surprised and, you know, you might get a yes, or you might get somebody to say, you know what? I know somebody, or I can help you in this way.
0: Tony, Tony, so, it's not even, it's not even might like, like chances are that they're going to, if it's not a yes right now, it's a yes later. Like, like, and, and to your point too, is that if they know that you're looking for something, most people will respond with that in one way, you know, to try to help you out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that all the time from my friends. Like, how do you get so much out of people? And it's not like I'm like taking advantage of things or getting special treatment. It's just that when I'm out places, I ask, I ask for different things, like as simple as like, Hey, can you get me a deal on this? And they're like, actually, you know what? I can hook you up with something. And the person that's not going to ask for something that's very simple is not going to get it. Or just even, I think going back to listening to people and, and participating in people's lives when you're, out in public, if someone's got a name tag on, address them by their name, You know, just speak to people as if they're human and you're gonna get a lot more out of life. But I, I really live by the motto, close mouths, don't get fed. If you need something, ask for it, if you want something, ask for it. And the worst case scenario is that you're gonna get the no that was already there if you didn't ask. Yeah, Presley
1: Poe and Friends is, is the prime example with Ergo. We ask, hey, would you guys be interested in a sponsorship? If we didn't ask, you guys wouldn't be involved in Presley Poe and Friends and we really awesome. appreciate everything you guys are doing for us but uh it, again it came down to asking
2: yeah we couldn't be happier to be uh, a very proud sponsor of Presley Poe and Friends Presley Poe is unique an incredible person so very very kind and I've had the uh, privilege of meeting Arod and Sam Villa. Sam is a huge lover of Ergo and Robert Reed um they've been in this industry together for so long. I've never gotten to meet Rebecca Taylor, but I've seen her work. And um, the the second I get to meet her, it's going to be a privilege for sure. But it's such a beautiful- You have to line.
0: drive two hours south to go visit her though. Uh,
2: I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it, it's It's such a unique event. And I was just talking to the guys at Ergo saying how much we need to lean into events like this because trade shows are- changing. They're not quite what they used to be. And I think more tailored, curated events like this are the future because they're just like a little easier to gather everyone in that way, a little easier to manage. And you can honestly do them just as frequently, but kind of get a little bit more out of things. You're know, you going to show up to Presley Poe and Friends and you're going to get education. You're going to get what you paid for, you know? And I think building these environments where they are more intimate is a huge necessity, Uh, especially, you know, in our industry, everything is snippets on the internet um, if you're not there in person. And it's like, well, how the hell are they doing that? How do they make this happen? And, you know, you wanna find that time to be able to connect with them and learn from these top educators outside of a huge classroom, like at ISSE where you're never really gonna get to speak to this person. They're gonna go backstage. Whereas at Presley Poe Friends, everyone's backstage. It is a backstage event. So um, I was kind of thinking about that when you guys said, what do you call the the, the front stage? Like, I think it's just everyone's backstage. Everyone there is a VIP, uh, just, have the time so
0: and that that's very much it and by the way tony uh zach is like like uh when I, when when we talked last year and uh i i went to introduce him to presley he was uh, he's pretty tickled to meet presley stop lying zach you know it's true
2: no i know 100 100 i was very excited to meet presley um like i said presley is so unique yeah and i've seen the work that they've done on instagram and i was just like i've got to meet this person like, you guys met yet in person oh presley yeah yeah we have we definitely met in person um well you i think introduced us in person at uh abs correct oh yeah
0: yeah 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 i yeah. yeah. went
2: down so um met presley presley fell in love with our brushes right away i remember walking up when she was working on the main stage and she's projected on the wall and i was like that's an ergo brush in presley's hand right now and she's doing a color melt with it i was just like Yes, like you couldn't have been more excited. I was trying to like rush to get my phone out and I missed it on the big screen. And still this day, one of the moments that pissed me off most is that I wasn't <laughs> able to get that footage right there. But uh, Presley was the most unique person I had met at that time of just so, and I don't even say just the way Presley looks because Presley has a very unique aesthetic. The lovingness that comes out of Presley, it, it seems so genuine. Like when she speaks to you, it's... As though Presley wants to know you and wants to, you know, be involved with that and is listening. Whereas some people are just like in it for the dollars and cents. Well, I'm gonna, you know, like, how can I, I, I educate you?
0: I'm gonna bring this back to Presley Poen, friends, because like when we bring in artists, that's that's a key component to it, right? The mm-hmm. key component is that is this the type of person that really wants to get to know you, that really wants to be there for you? For you as, as, as the stylist, as the person that works behind the chair, do they want to be there for you? Or are they looking for the payday? And, and when we curate our artists, that's, that's, that's top of mind, I should say, you know, and, and there's no better example than the godfather himself, Sam Bia, you know, like, like Sam lives that. And like, Sam is like, Sam does the cutest little thing. And like, he'll hug you. And like, and, and if you think about you don't know this, Zach, but I'm about to blow your mind. Whenever you hug somebody, it's always left to left. Sam makes you hug right to right. And then he'll whisper in your ear. He'll go heart to heart, brother, heart to heart. And it's the coolest kind of thing.
2: Ah. I'm like thinking back when I've hugged Sam in my life of like how we've hugged now. So I'm like trying to picture back, but now I'm like also thinking about the irregularness of lifting up the other direction. I'm going to have to, in case he doesn't listen to this, I'm going to have to do it to him next time I see him. So oh, that, whisper
0: in his ear, heart to heart. Yes, heart I'll to
2: whisper heart. heart to heart in his ear. Hopefully I'll get to see him. He might be at premiere at Anaheim. So hopefully I'll get to see him there. I think um, he's definitely
0: going to be there. And if not, he'll definitely be at ABS. He already asked me about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll get the the fortunate to see him twice next month then. Uh, so that'll be really great. And as soon as you were saying people that love to educate and share their knowledge, the, the bells were ringing in my head like Sam, 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 because I feel as though his hands would fall off if he didn't teach something that day like like he wouldn't know what to do with himself if he didn't share some type of education or knowledge or just insight every time you speak to him sam's his his heart and his
1: soul is as big as his skill set you know what i mean like a lot of people just just do good work or great work phenomenal work and that's what they do but his person his heart matches his work because i mean it's just his heart is just as as large as his skills
2: absolutely yeah so
0: awesome so so what you guys have um what's our go up to what are you guys doing i know that uh uh, before we went on are we allowed to talk about it
2: um i've got no cue not to so let's run it
0: (laughs) okay so um so uh, you guys have, are, are introducing some. First off, last year you guys introduced the gentle brushes. They are game-changing brushes. Um, I am famous for burning brushes up. I have purposefully tried to burn up your paddle brushes because I've burned up every single paddle brush I've ever used in my entire life. And and a year later, it looks like it's still it, it's right out of the box. I cannot burn it up. I cannot burn it up. And it has like the the finest little uh, the little bristles um, that I've ever seen. Um, and you're and coming in April, you have a full size brush coming.
2: Yes, absolutely. So um, and we're shooting for May. Uh, that's, you know, not defined yet to see if everything, you know, goes as planned. You never know with the irregular, but um, May is the expectation for the ERG-1000, the full-size version of our super gentle paddle brush. So we're moving the super gentle paddle brush, you know, now the ERG-750 to be the mini. So it's going to be the mini super gentle paddle brush. And then we're going to have the full size, which is going to be the large So just about the same sizes as our 500 and our 1000, our classic collection, we're gonna have the the full size version, which um, a lot of people, you know, no one really complains about the brush and you start to talk to people. And once I tell them like, oh, we're coming out with a full size, they're like, oh, well, actually my only complaint is that it was so small. (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad it wasn't small enough to like where it drew you out to where you're complaining about it full front. But now that we're approaching you with a better option or a bigger option, sorry, now you're expressing that. So we get nothing but you know good graces with our ERG 750. I think we just celebrated the one-year birthday this month. We released it March 1st of last year for that brush. And uh, it's been revolutionary for us. That uh, People can't get enough of it. Every time I use it on someone's head, they're like, what, what is this brush right now? Like you said, it's, um, it's pretty challenging to melt. Ironically, we get more people that manage to melt our classic brushes than our super gentle brushes. But I think it's because when you're working with such heavy loads of thick hair, mm-hmm. that moisture content, this, the the heat you're using, all of those kind of things, people sometimes get um, a little ahead of themselves with the heat on situations like that. And with the gentle brushes, I think the gentle cues them in their head, like, I'm actually going to be you know, gentle with this, but we have people such as yourself that beat it to hell, and it's still holding in really, really strong, so... You, know I, legitimately it's, you try,
0: know, I legitimately tried to burn it up. Like I like purposefully, like, like, let's see if I can smoke this thing. And I can't after I after like after I used it for, I don't know, like three or four months. And like there was there was no like none of the bristles started to get weird or anything. And then I got. I feel I feel terrible saying this to you, Zach. But then I got aggressive and I was like, "Well, now I'm in the place where like I want to see if I can burn it up." You know what I mean? Kind of like absolutely. You know, like Mythbusters. You remember Mythbusters? Yes. They myth and they go like, "Well, it didn't work according to the myth, but what can we do to blow it up?" I and I, ha- I have yet to do it. You know. You know. I mean, clearly, I'm not smoking people's hair. Let me be clear, as my clients are cringing right now.
2: <laughs> but um, We're see you on a podcast with a lighter, trying to burn it to see if the myth exactly, exists. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um. Um, yeah, and then uh, once again, once to bring Presley Poe full circle. So uh, you know, if you go to Presley Poe, you're also going to get to see and, and and to handle and to uh, and to get a couple uh, of the Ergo Gentle brushes.
2: That yeah, guy, for yeah. those of you that will actually be able to see it, I've got the Super Gentle Paddle Brush right here, the fan favorite of both District uh, and Presley Poe. So everyone you know that like, goes, of course, well, if you're
0: listening in, what's really cool about the brushes is each is each. Uh, what would you call it each brush is a different is a different length which automatically makes it detangling it makes oh, the it pins. detangle the hair yeah, what you're talking about pins. here yeah, talking- yeah, yeah yeah
2: so we have two tiers of pins we have a lower tier and an upper tier and really it's it gets deep penetration of the scalp with the, the top tier and then surface level detangling so it really is the ultimate detangler you know when you using it vertically as you can see here you yeah. can go right down those rows so um you can detangle like a breeze and it just Man, when it comes to extensions, sensitive scalps, uh, detangling, it just goes over the bonds with ease. It goes across the scalp with ease, and it just detangles um, without feeling as though any hairs are breaking or stretching or getting damaged, whether you're wet or dry. It, so,
0: it's, it's amazing. I just can't. I I, don't, I can't explain how happy we are with the brushes, honestly. And it's the best detangling brush I've ever used, by far, by far, yeah. by far. Even like I don't even feel the need to have to oversaturate it with product. You know, to be honest, like a detangling product, it just works so well. All right, Zach, dude, thank you so much. Thanks for um, thanks for uh, you know, the great relationship that we've had the last year um with you and th- and with Ergo. We just really appreciate it. And Mr. Zach Goldberg, thank you very, very much for joining us on your
2: day off. Thank you guys. It was such a pleasure. You guys are such a delight. I look forward to seeing the success of Presley Poe and Friends, and thank you guys so much for having me today. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. For sure.